Welcome to the Unconventional Path, Entrepreneurship and Innovation Stories and Ideas. Hello, I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. Hey, Mike, today's guest on the podcast, we have two people, Derek Slayton and Sean McGee. They are the founders and owners of Trampoline Design. They work with companies in developing branding and advertising campaigns to build customer awareness and recognition. They have built their business slow and steady in a very, very competitive space. Yeah, Bela, two guests at one time. I know this is a lot for you to manage, so I'm pretty excited. And I love the name Trampoline Design. I can't wait to, to hear about this. And you know, I never feel like I can learn enough about media and branding. I mean, there's lots of different philosophies, and I know this. It's always changing. There's always something new and some new tool and some new TikTok and Insta and all these things that I should know more about. Um, and it always seems simple on one hand, like, okay, let's build this brand that represents us. Yeah. But it's really complicated on the others and all the meaning behind it and everything. So I always like when we have people that know about this that are smarter than me about this on, on the show. So I think let's just dive in and listen to the interview with Derek and Sean. Sounds good, Mike. Hi, Derek. Hi, Sean. And welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having glad us. To be, glad to be yeah. here, Bill. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, agreeing to do this. So I have a question for you. And either one of you guys can take this. So if you're at a social event, a non-work-related social event, and you get introduced to someone you've never met before, and after that introduction, they say to you, oh, very nice to meet you. What do you do? How do you answer that question? John, you take this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we get attention. We get attention and we turn heads and we're, you know, we're in the advertising business and it's our job to uh, create something that's impossible to ignore and um, gets in your head and is unforgettable. And so that's that's my answer to that question is, is we're, we're attention getters. Yeah, well, that's a good answer. So let's peel that back a little bit. So, you know, tell me more. So the person you're talking to says, hey, tell me more. Keep going. Sure. In, in terms of deliverables, what we provide are creative concepts, um, graphic design, and, and layout and, and marketing. Uh, we do a lot of writing, copywriting, and sort of creating a, a sense of what a business or an organization or a destination uh, is. Uh, and we do also have, have a lot of in-house video production that we do. Okay. So, uh, you know... I, as I think about this as a, as a business owner, uh, 30 years ago, I had, I had a few choices. I could advertise in the newspaper. I could advertise on TV, radio, uh, and maybe a trade magazine or, or a publication that went out to my, my customers. But now the field is like super broad. So how do you, when you think about, you know, doing this for a, a business, how do you sort of sort through which is the right uh, venue or, or media for, for propagating this message out? A lot of it comes down to budget. You know, what we're, what we're talking about, how wide a net we're going to cast, whether it's a national campaign or something more regional. Um, and it, it can really vary. We, we try and, uh, surround people with the brand's message as much as possible. So we try and, and, really use as many different avenues as we can in terms of media space. Um, but 
it, it depends. Some are more cost effective than others, like social versus, say, a, a TV buy. Uh, and it all depends on on what their what their end goals are and what their budget is. And my dog is barking, so I'm going to fix that. <laughs> well, okay. and, and to tagline uh, to to uh, tag that, I, I was going to say tagline that. That's a popular thing we do too. Tagline. So tagging that, um, I think it's really getting where the audience, their audience, is going to be uh, intaking the message. Mm. Where is there, where is this business's audience going to be? Um, for example, uh, we are are undergoing a nurse recruitment campaign for a hospital. And, you know, they're recruiting the way they're recruiting, you know, traditionally has been through um, uh, print and uh, maybe radio, um, but more likely um, some trade publications um, and some recruiting um, companies, headhunters. But, yes. you know, the way media is being uh, taken in these days, you know, TikTok has come up, especially for this audience that um, they may be. Um, you know, spending a lot of time on. So we were talking about using TikTok as a possible tool for this, uh, specifically for, for nurse recruitment. And that's changed. That's that's completely different from what we would have done um, 10, 5, and even a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's gotten a lot more complex. There's a lot more variables. And as a small business owner, man, I really need someone to help me sort through all this stuff. Yeah, it's and it's, I think, it's still what the big idea is, what the message is, and who your you know who your audience is. But now it's almost like we're we're serving as a consultant to where do you want to be and where should you be? Because uh, there are so many more options out there. You know, in in outdoor, uh, let's take outdoor for example. Vehicles are such a popular and effective way to spread a message and and get awareness. Um, in, in ways, not just putting a logo on a door, but in the way you wrap a vehicle, uh, in the way a vehicle looks. I mean, look at um, look at uh, Red Bull's vehicles when they drive by. It's a, it's a <laughs> as a literal as you can get bull on uh, or packaging on a vehicle that just you cannot turn away from this thing. So it's it's really opened up a lot of doors and opportunities, and it's really up to us to find those. Sometimes it's really not exactly in front of you. Um, another example is, this goes back a, a little bit, but um, we had a, a state basketball tournament coming to town. It was an annual thing, and the high schools from across New York State would, would gather in, in Glens Falls and you know play a weekend of, of games uh, through these tournaments. And what we did for um, you know awareness and, and sort of to announce the, the, the games, one of the things we did was bannering and um, in addition to bannering lights. So like theater, essentially theater lights broadcast from one building cast onto another building, just a big wide open space. So we ended up using several spaces in the downtown Glens Falls area with lights and the, and the light cast was a figure or, or silhouettes of basketball players. And so we had a graphic that goes with that, you know, essentially a large gobo light is what they were. Mm -hmm. So, um, that occupied space in people's minds that that you know no no canvas had ever been used like that before. So yeah. it was kind of neat and interesting. Yeah. So you know, with some of these uh, some of these various different media things, it's it's sort of easier 
to measure results. You can figure out if people clicked on it, how long they spent reading it, if they took any action, et cetera. With other ones, it's a lot more nebulous to try to measure how things are going. How do you guys think about that? Um, <clears throat> I think awareness is a long game and conversions are a short game. Um, and, you know, awareness is nice to have, but sales are always nicer. Um, <laughs> and uh, we try and strike the balance between that, I think, you know, in a crowded marketplace and in, in a social marketplace. If you're creating content for a, for a client and it gets shared, it's it's worth sharing. It's that outside endorsement. Um, you know, a lot of times, as hard as we work to create a brand, it's less what we say and less what the brand puts out there and more about how they are reviewed on Yelp or TripAdvisor. Yeah. Or, um, so I think awareness and control of your message is one thing and then conversions or website clicks are, are another um, and it goes it goes way past marketing into business strategy and pricing and things like that because you could get have an incredible ad campaign that lands people on your website and then they bounce because whatever's being offered isn't, isn't right. compelling enough right so um, or the website's difficult to use <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, right. it's, it's there's a lot of moving parts for sure yeah um, we we like to crow about our the effectiveness of our campaigns. We started doing that, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, because what we do creating brand identities or ad campaigns is so subjective. It can work for one person and it can really not work for another. And neither one of them is necessarily wrong. So we have tended to uh, really push some of our, our results for campaigns in terms of ticket sales or in terms of reservations or um, targeting a specific market like transient guest stays, for example, for a hotel. Because um, that, that's a good way for us to say, hey, this is working. We do, we do understand how to carve up a message in a way that's easily digestible and that matters to people. Yeah. So let's say that, let's say I, I was a small business owner. I was doing about a million a year in sales. I sort of have a a, a product or service that reaches about a hundred miles from where I'm located. And I rung you guys up and I said, Hey, I want to expand my reach. I want to double my business size in the next three to five years. And the way I need to do that is to get more customers and I need to expand my geographic reach. Walk me through how we would sort of go down that path. Well, nobody wants to give a budget, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we would look to do. And if your goals are that specific about here, here's what I gross in a year and I want to double that, we're going to start by saying we'd like to see you spending at least 3% of your gross on creative and media. And then if your goal is to grow that, we want you to, to budget more to expand your footprint. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be more media than it is creative, probably. Yeah, uh, let's say I'm willing, I'm willing to spend 10000 or excuse me, 10% on, on advertising and promotion out of my gross. So that's a hundred grand, right? So we would look to, obviously it's, it's very, Derek mentioned it earlier. It's very dependent on audience. Who is it you're looking to target and then go figure out where those eyeballs are from a media standpoint, and then come up with a creative campaign. That's going to matter to that group. Mm -hmm. It gets down to the psychology behind why they're going to make their purchase decisions or why they're going to use your 
product or service or visit your destination? What's the why? Okay. We would probably also ask, um, and maybe this isn't asked enough in, in general of, yeah. of marketing firms and, and potential clients, but we also ask, you know, if this goes well, are you prepared to scale up from the demand that a campaign could generate? Yeah. And that's so, where, and that scaling up is, is important because, you know, that it's, it's tied to growth and, and it's tied to, um, you know, the, the, how a business responds is very important other than just, Hey, is it working? Well, right. what happens when it works? Are you ready? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Being prepared for success. Uh, some, sometimes we're not right. Yeah. So, uh, let, let's say, uh, let's say my, my company made chocolate. I make chocolate bars. And I distribute them through, you know, a dozen or so retailers here in sort of the, the greater geographic area. And I want to expand that footprint. Again, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to help educate our listeners to say who may be someone who's never done this before. What's sort of involved? How long it does it take? You know, how many conversations do we have? Uh, just help me understand that a little bit better. I think it's a that's a very consumer facing message. And we would be asking questions to develop a campaign. To answer the question, why buy your chocolate bar and not a mm. Snickers? What is, mm -hmm. what's the reason? Uh, what expectations can people have? What sort of quality exists? What do you offer that someone else isn't offering? What are they only going to find? What, what is the emotion and the feeling that they're only going to get from your chocolate bar? Who's it for? Is it a, is it a family facing message? Is it for kids? Is it for adults who are looking for a, a dark chocolate getaway in the middle of their afternoon? Because those are very different messages. And it can be both if you have the budget to segment and you mm -hmm. have a strong brand and you're consistent in the use of that brand and, and you have a good reputation, then you can go and sell over here to this group and you can sell over there to that group. It all ties back. Um, is, is that sort of what you were looking for? Yeah, yeah, so that's helpful. So one of the messages I hear you saying is that as a business owner, I sort of have to have my strategic act together. I, I sort of need to know where I want to go. Uh, so then you can help me get there. And, and I, I think an agency worth their salt will ask questions to help frame that up for a business owner or yeah. identify opportunities. But yeah, essentially what we're being presented with as a vendor is a communications problem. It's something that, that people can't necessarily solve on their own and they're looking for solutions and deliverables that are gonna move the needle for them. Yeah, yeah and, and sometimes th there's a strategy that maybe it, that they're, you know, they're not aware of, they haven't come to the table with, they need help with the actual strategy, um, particularly in media. Let's take, for example, um, they need, they know need, they need to get out there. They have a certain budget and they're like, okay, so, um, what's the best course of action here? Um, you know, how long is this going to last? So we, we kind of map out the timing of it according to the budget. What's the most effective ways that we can get you out there and, um, where's that going to be? And then that informs that, you know, that's sort of your, your vehicle of, 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 you know, message delivery. And what is that message delivery going to look and sound and feel like? And mm -hmm. that's when we kind of, you know, go through the the steps of figuring out what that 
um, what that message is going to be and, and figuring out where in the strategy that's going to be mapped. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really also a competitive set, I think is one of the biggest tools that we have to, to help that strategy. Who are you going against? Like Sean mentioned earlier, you know, uh, why your chocolate bar than somebody else's. And um, we get a visual on, you know, who their competitive set is and that informs, that helps inform a message too. Sometimes we, come up with these big ideas and and whether it's a tagline or a business name or a campaign. And we have to vet all that. We have to go through, you know, sometimes U.S. trademark and patent office all the time, Google and search out, you know, is this going to be different enough? Has it been done? Chances are it's, it's all been done. It's how you kind of spin it. So, yeah. Derek will confirm this, that uh, in this specific example, I don't like chocolate. So if I could turn myself into a consumer of this particular product, we'll know we did our job. Excellent. Excellent. If I can get, yeah, we can get you to try it. Yeah. Or at least buy it and gift it to others. There you go. There you go. Working together for 25 years and, and I, he still has to remind me that he, he does not like chocolate. Very yeah. unusual. Yeah, that is very unusual. Uh, so, if, if, if let's say we we're going to do this, go back to the chocolate company. I'm going to spend 10% of my total revenue, 100 grand a year. How, from the day I call you up to say, "Hey, I'm interested in doing this," to the time that we we actually start putting stuff out there that customers, potential customers, can see, what is that time horizon like? Uh, I think that can depend largely on the size of the agency, the creative agency, um, and how much volume they have. How much how much market share they have? Uh, for us, we're around the the uh, neighborhood of twenty people, and so we're not a huge company by any means, but we're not a smaller sort of boutique shop. We're kind of in in between. So for us, um, it would take uh, I don't know anywhere between six weeks to develop all of the creative and strategy. Um, another big variable is is on the client side. That's a really tough question to ask because it depends on how you get feedback and how much of it and how organized it is. There, there are a lot of variables in sure. in speed to market. Um, if we've done our due diligence and we have um, done our research as to what the, the client wants and we've got some good creative direction, it can be very streamlined. And then in other examples, if you have to, for example, uh, please a board of directors. It has 12 different people on it. It can be a much slower process. Oh, that yeah. adds another six months right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The it also yeah, depends I, I, on, on the company size. You know, is this a startup? Yes. Because uh, as a startup, there's an enormous amount of, of branding that needs to go on on the front end. And then you talk in packaging. Whereas if it's a, an established business that wants to reach into another market, very different timelines there. Um, in, in terms of, of, of setup and, and go-to-market strategy and, and a lot of other things. So, you know, normally lo- a lot longer for a startup because you do need to establish that brand and, and how that's going to look and how does that appear in, you know, on its packaging and in advertisements and a lot of undone stuff there that uh, right. you need to establish. Yeah. And, and do you guys help with all of that stuff? I mean, with uh, with logos and and you know taglines and getting them registered and doing all those things that you have to do. Yes, we do. Oh, okay. And as part of that, 
creative and discovery process, you know, like I might say something like not everybody likes chocolate. What do you think yes. about the peanut butter market? Yes. And should you be, who are you ignoring by not offering a peanut butter yeah. option? <laughs> so a lot okay. of it crosses, crosses the boundary out of marketing into business strategy, into goals, yeah. into uh, sales, which is very different from marketing. You know, we, we're always very careful if we have a, a client that has a sales force, we want to make sure that they're bought into whatever it is that we're creating, because ultimately if they're the execution right. arm, we want them to believe in what is, is being put out there. And again, that's more moving parts. It's more people, it's more opinions to consider. Um, but that's how to do it. I think successfully is, is allowing the stakeholders to be heard and as, as it's being created. And we're a lot of times we're making something out of nothing. We're, we're pitching ideas. We're saying, what if the photograph looked this way? Or what if the the logo was, was these colors instead of those? And it's, it's a lot of versioning. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of, uh, it's just having a, the ability to kind of make the decision and move forward. Yeah. So uh, let me ask a little bit again about the process. Uh, let, let's say we are, just to keep it simple, we're working on a new logo. Uh, would, would typically you guys, you know, we'd have some conversations about it. You guys would go off and generate some internal samples. You guys would talk about it. And then do you like come back to me and say, here's three that we recommend. And we think you, you know, I pick it. Or do you say, this is the one we highly recommend. And these other two are like B bit players. How, how does that process work? Well, uh, some folks want, some folks want, uh, input and insight and uh, consultancy and some folks want the logo that they want <laughs> so it works both ways for us when okay. we have somebody just choose they they, they pick what they respond to and that what they think yeah. their their customers will respond will respond to but we also tend to we're pretty opinionated when it comes to design so uh <laughs> we'll also offer our recommendations and why uh sure. and that that usually um hold some sway but i don't know derek what do you think well the the process by which we kind of come up with all this stuff is we get louise with the clients and with a lot of q a and we have a what we call the test bounce um which is a, a discovery process basically we take the the clients through things like what we know what you like um you know we answered some questions there but what don't you like you know what colors are, are you adverse to and um, we go through these these uh, series of questions so that there's no when we finally present something um, visually, it, it's not you know it's very informed you know and this, so there's reasoning behind what we end up showing. So that process is very helpful um, and it gets the clients very involved and and it, it they feel like they've been heard. So again, when they start to see these visuals, they, they start to connect the dots and like, oh yeah, you guys did ask a question about that. And you know, one of the questions we ask is if your business was a famous person, who would it be? Mm -hmm. You know, it could be a musician, it could be a politician, it could be an actor or actress, you know, who would that be? And that question sort of hones it down to how a business feels about itself, you know, how they're how it wants to be perceived and and it's just a different way of connecting those dots but you know we we end up showing i think the most versions we've ever shown is probably i shouldn't say this but eight i think the, uh -huh. the client specifically wanted eight 
logos. I don't know why that number, but yeah, they they essentially paid for that amount of versions. But normally we'll show between three or four um, options, and uh, from those options, you know, people can take right away, you know, one or two off the board. But you know, we usually come with an expected version from from what we've talked about. Then we kind of we have one that pushes the envelope a little bit like mm, i didn't see that one but okay and yeah. then usually there's a dark horse we call it the dark horse or something very unexpected off the grid out of left field you know leaves people with thinking like where did that come from and oftentimes that's the one people can't take their eyes off of it's yeah you know it's it's informed somehow it didn't come out of left field but visually it does look very different from the other two so um that's that's part of the process and and to get our clients involved as much as possible to, to their sort of limit is, is real important. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great points. So if I'm, again, I'm a business, small business owner and I'm thinking of engaging and hiring someone to help me do something like we just talked about, let's say this chocolate thing, uh, what characteristics, what should I be looking for when I'm talking to folks like you? And let's say I'm interviewing three or four companies like yourselves, you know, there's there's obvious things like the size of the firm, uh, you know, its geographic location. But take me through some of those various different parameters that I should be considering. I think you want an agency with uh, ownership and leadership that likes chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys are history. <laughs> <laughs> Shot myself right in the well, floor. I love chocolate. So uh, <laughs> we, we balance each other out that way. All right. All right. I think you want, uh, you know, you want an agency that if you're doing your research, you've got their website to look at, you have word of mouth, reputation, endorsements, recommendations, uh, you have their social media, which is for, for us, it's, it's a pretty regular uh, sort of outpouring of either recent work or um, culture, culture pieces about the staff. Um, if you're interviewing agencies, then they're each going to put together a proposal. There's the mm -hmm. price component to consider, but um, uh, I will say one thing that that we've run up against is that we've lost work to specialists. We've lost, um, for example, we do some work in the higher ed space, and there are agencies out there just like ours that they—that's all they do. Right. And there is value to that because they, they understand the market and they're they're running focus groups, but they're only talking to students or they're only talking to parents. And and so that that's good. Um, also, though, their their deliverables can sort of become variations on a theme. Um, they, they they might not have an outsider's perspective or something that, yes. to, to Derek's point, could occupy a space in, in someone's mind that they, they weren't aware of. We've been careful to not um, niche ourselves out. Uh, a lot of what we do is is destination marketing. It's where are you going to spend your time? Where is a consumer going to spend their money? What is the value? Is there any kind of guarantee that I'm going to have a good time or that it's going to look good on Instagram? Um, so what else to consider as you're shopping agencies, Derek? I think I think the, the initial conversations, if you are reaching out, um, or if a small business is reaching out to specific, you know, if they've done some research initially and found, you know, three or four agencies that that they uh, deem 
you know, worthy um, yeah. or interesting or worth talking to. And, and that conversation happens. I think you can get a lot of uh, a feel from the initial <sighs> conversation, who you're talking to necessarily. It, it's not necessarily the owner. Um, you know, Sean and I right. don't take all the phone calls. We have a staff of account managers and it could be any one of us, um, you know, answering that initial call. But, you know, how does that, how does that feel? Do they, do they sound like they know what they're talking about? Do they, they sound like they're too busy to even, you know, ask a question. Right. So sometimes right. that, that, you know, that in-person thing that we lost a little bit of in COVID um, is, is important. You know, how does, how are they, do they sound like they even want to work with you? You know, I, I think when Sean kind of joked about not liking chocolate, um, you know, a lot of what we, uh, a lot of the people that we work with, businesses we work with, a, a number of times we are fans of, we are fans of the activity or the service. Yes. We use that service. You know, we serve the um, ski industry. Quite a bit of um, our branding work is is in, you know, different uh, ski areas and, and resorts. And, you know, we're all, not all of us, but a majority of us are skiers and snowboarders. So there's that enthusiasm, that sure. um, that love for the the product that that we ultimately would be, um, you know, helping to market. Yeah. So uh, how how important is geography? And and what I mean by that is, is this the type of relationship where it's important for us to be in the same room and look each other eyeball to eyeball, uh, or is it? Can, can it be done? I'm sure it can be done virtually, but what's, what's sort of, what do you miss when you try to do something like a relationship like this virtually? Well, I think there's two sides and, and maybe Sean, you could take one and I could take the other, but I think internally for us, uh, not outward facing to the client, but internally we learned a lot from, from COVID. Sure. And becoming remote and, and to us initially, um, video conferences and, um, uh, that sort of relationship we didn't see or or endorse we always wanted it in person we would always go to you know that prospective client or they would come to us um so that was very important but in covid changed that not only with clients but with our internal staff and um you know we we missed the interim or sorry we missed the internal conversations and bouncing ideas off of, right. of one another. Right. We're getting back into that as we have this hybrid situation. And, and those are always, always valuable. Those little nuances that you can't quite get from a Zoom or a Skype. Um, and that's sort of inward facing. Outward facing, um, I think it's more, it, more flexible than ever to not have to be in the same room. If we, we've had some clients on the West Coast and the South that it's not it's not always vital to be on every, you know, in person, every conversation. Sure. I think it helps to have FaceTime. That's certainly a factor uh, sooner or later. You do want to meet, you know, your clients, at least for us, uh, it's an important, you know, um, FaceTime is, is, yeah. is important, but, you know, John, to add to that, I, I, I think um, there's a healthy balance. I don't think I'd add to it. I would just summarize it. I would say that there's strategy and there's execution. And for strategy, nothing replaces an in-person meeting where you can read the body language, you can riff off one another, you can watch an idea grow exponentially as people contribute to it around the table. That is way more efficient and organic to be done in person. Yeah. On an execution standpoint, so you have strategy and you have execution. For us, a lot of times it's, it's a graphic design problem. And you want to 
set that problem in front of a talented creative and just have them put their headphones on and solve it visually. Or if it's with a, with a video capture, we've got to create a 30 second edit. It has to say X, Y, and Z. You can go out and shoot that anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a, a given place, but so strategy in person, definitely framing everything up, goal setting, et cetera. Execution could be done anywhere and execution goes into the management and the rollout of a campaign. I think you could do that very efficiently remotely. Doesn't have to be all all around the same table necessarily, yeah. but for certain things it's, it's helpful. Yeah. So uh, we've been talking for 30 minutes now, uh, slightly over that. So I wanna start wrapping this up. Uh, where's the best place for uh, listeners to kind of reach out and contact you guys? I would say our website. Uh, there's a lot of examples of our work on the website and a lot of you know recent blog posts uh, with both insight and sort of announcements and things like that. Um, keep up with us at Design Tramp on Instagram. Um, we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Okay. And and just so we're clear, and I'll make sure I put all this in the show notes. Uh, it's trampolinedesign.com. That's correct. Correct. Okay. Yes. Super. Uh, very good. The design tramp, by the way, the, the <laughs> our email is designtramp.com, um, which stems from when we first started that the trampolinedesign.com was was actually taken by an uh -huh. entity. Um, and so I think we were, Sean, where we were five years in, maybe 10, actually, maybe more than that, eight years in by the time we were able to actually buy that. Yep. But by that time, our, our emails were so ingrained, we're like, let's not even change that. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you guys should be experts about changing things like that. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> and you said, no, 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 we don't want to change it. <laughs> so, hey, is there is there anything that I haven't asked you uh, that we should talk about? Um, you had... You had Mentioned something about takeaway, you know, name, name a few takeaways from, yeah. you know, being in business over a, a number of years. And, um, you know, I, I think that I thought about that, you know, as a business owner and as an entrepreneur managing people, I think, um, I think managing people is, is a big one. Um, you know, how to effectively manage them, how to, how to talk about um, you know their well-being and and making sure that they they're okay and um, without getting too you know there's some there's a lot of issues that you want to stay away from too you know you right. have to you have to learn to navigate um, that that staff landscape that the staffing part and you know we recently got a um, a director of HR um, she's been with us for what Sean two three three years now. Um, which has helped tremendously. And, and, you know, we went all those, all that time without one. Um, now I'm not sure if we could get by without a manager of HR. So that's, that's a big takeaway. And then, um, you know, I, I think as far as, as running a business and, and being effective and, and doing the best work you can do is, is never done. Like that's, it's always, always for us, something, some, there's always something to strive for. And always something, you know, this is, we don't like to be stagnant. So things are always changing. I guess that's the easiest thing you can count on is change will always happen. You know, it'll yeah. always, be, always be different. So those are my takeaways. Yeah, that's my first, great. My first boss out of college 
uh, I was an intern at an agency and I asked the guy what he thought about this internet thing. What, what do you think is going to become the internet? And he went, internet? CB of the 90s. He thought it wasn't going to be much more than just a, a CB radio for people right. to <laughs> talk to one another with. So we don't want to be it. Right. All right. All right. Well, that was really great. I really appreciate you guys being on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. And one more time, trampolinedesign.com. That's it. Thanks for Thanks having so us, much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Bela, okay, you did a great job managing both of them. High energy guys. What a great pair <laughs> of people. Um, what were your takeaways from the interview? Well, I think it goes back to what you said in the introduction. You know, branding is so important. Uh, it's it's how people think about your company, your product, uh, you know, how you differentiate yourself from the crowd, uh, both with your current customers and future customers. And I just think it's it's so, so important. And I think most companies sort of let this evolve naturally and, and it sort of just happens. It's a lot, it's just, it's very similar as I think this oftentimes with culture in a business. The culture just sort of happens. People don't really set out and say, this is how I want to do this. This is the brand. This is the image that I want to project, uh, that I want my employees to feel. I want my customers to feel. I want my suppliers to feel. And I think that's another important part. You have to be consistent across all of those things. So it's not just your customers you're dealing with. It's the people that work with you and the people you interact with, your suppliers, your vendors, uh, your distributors, your salespeople. All of those have to sort of think about the business and the products in sort of a similar identity and brand. So I think it's really, really important. What thoughts do you have about this, Mike? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Bela. And even employer branding is really important. Now, I have a lot of students that are really interested in how employees or companies brand themselves to potential employees and current yeah. employees. And even meaning there that, you know, it's I think it's been around for a while, but it's, it's something that's really important recently. Um, this idea that they talked about of the process between awareness by these different stakeholders to conversion, let's say for customers, right, to actually buy the product or for a potential employee to apply for a job, right? Let's say right. this idea of awareness to conversion to me was really neat to think about. And I liked how, how they frame that. I loved how Sean talked about the links between business strategy and brand design and, and messaging, that this was kind of a three parts to this approach um, to help uh, a small business or any business, right? Kind of find their brand, find their design, find their message, um, and and get customers uh, driving driven to the whatever it is their storefront or their website or, or however they're uh, they're inter engaging. Um, I love the idea of the test bounce. I don't know if you caught that right, but trampoline design they call it. Oh, yeah. we did a test bounce. I love that. That's branding right there is a great example right. of that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this was a company. You know, this isn't an ad, and they don't pay us or whatever. But the way my mind thinks and the way I've done worked with startups, these are people that I would love to hire. That I think think the a similar way that I do. Sometimes that's dangerous, right? But um, you want somebody that's different. But I, I loved how they had this unified whole. That it wasn't just a logo that they were designing, but they're helping the small business owner with their strategy, identify their target market, figure out the right message to. To, to light up that that target market and get them to convert into something that's actionable. Um, yeah. And I just love the way they put that. It really resonated with at least my 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 small brain uh, business mind. Works. Yeah, agreed. 
Agreed. Yeah. I mean, put your put your VC hat on. When you were advising startups, Bela, how did you advise funding teams to kind of deal with branding and marketing at the early stages? Yeah, you know, that's interesting, Mike, because you, you go to most uh, company pitches as a, as a venture capitalist <clears throat> and they have a product roadmap where they talk about the product and this is generation one and this is generation two. And they talk about the various benefits and features and specifications but they never talk about, I shouldn't say never, very rarely do they talk about a branding roadmap and how it how it needs to parallel or be part of the product roadmap. I think about it as it's all part of the same thing. There's the company roadmap, the product roadmap, the branding roadmap. And as you said, strategically, they're all aligned and they all have to go in the same direction. But companies very, very rarely think about branding, how they're going to position themselves in the marketplace. What words and concepts and images are they going to use to describe their product, to convey that product to their customers and potential employees, et cetera, all the various different constituencies they deal with? So I think it's really important. And I think in many ways, there's, there's a, some people feel that companies like Trampoline Design, well, I don't need that in the beginning. I know how to do all this stuff. And, and, and they really don't. Uh, and I think they learn that lesson the hard way because just like, just like you know, various different professions and skills, it, that's what it is. It's a skill and it's a talent. And, and the folks at Trampoline have that. And I think that came across loud and clear. And I think it should give listeners an appreciation for how important and valuable a company like this can be to helping position your company and your products and services across all the various di different constituencies you think about. And, and like I said, most early stage companies and young companies just don't pay attention to this because they're, they're so focused on getting their product out to their customer and then kind of servicing their customer and making sure their customer's happy, which is very important. Uh, this is not an either or situation. This is an and, you have, mm -hmm. to, do, you have to do all of these things. And that's why starting a company and being an entrepreneur is so challenging, right? There's so many different balls to juggle. Yeah, but I loved how they made it simple. Know your audience, know yes. your value proposition, which is what's distinctive about your product or service vis-a-vis -vis your competitors. I always call this the value proposition. And then I love the, the idea that plan on doing some advice and some budget connecting strategy, brand, and message. Right. Yep. And what can you afford? I loved how you were talking about that. Right. You got to figure out what can you afford and how is it going to work? OK. Um, yeah. And I think these are the kind of people that you can sit down and they'll take you through step by step. And it is complicated, but they can kind of make it simple. You know? Right. Right. I cool. agree. My last question for you is what do you think about how entrepreneurs should pick an agency to work with? Mm, right. Like, yeah. this? What, what should they what questions should they be asking? What should they be looking for? Well, I think. I think you want to find a couple different things. One is most importantly, I think you want to find a, a, a company or a group of individuals or wherever you deal with someone you click with, so, someone someone that you you feel the connection with because you're going to work pretty closely with them. So so you want to work with with someone uh, that that you have a connection with somehow. I don't know what all that means, right? <laughs> but there's some kind of connection. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you agree on everything, because I think debate and conversation in these topics is really, really important. So I, I don't 
I don't think this is one of those relationships where, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's what we want to do. Yes, that's what we want to do. This is a a conversation and a debate and a discussion about what to do. And it's really, really important. Um, and I, the other questions I would ask is, is give me some examples of companies like my company that you've worked mm. with. Yeah, good. You know, so if, if, if this, if, if the marketing, if, if the trampoline only worked with fortune 500 companies, that's probably not right for me, a, you know, sub $1 million a year company. Uh, so you want someone that sort of plays around with companies of your size or your size range, or maybe the size where you're trying to get to, mm -hmm. right? That's probably maybe a better way to look at it mm -hmm. is I'm trying to get For to sure. the $20 million a year business. So let me go find a firm like Trampoline that deals with companies that are in that, you know, 10, 10 to 20. $30 million a year mm -hmm. segment, because that's where I'm trying to achieve and go to. And then I think some understanding of your industry may be important. Because I believe every industry has subtleties about it. And, and you only understand those subtleties when you're in that business. It's sort of like the do's and don'ts or, or I don't know exactly. Just subtleties, I think, is the best word I can come up with. And so you want someone who sort of understands those. Uh, they understand what the relationships are between distributors and suppliers and salespeople in any particular industry. Because... Again, you got to keep those people balanced, and 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 you don't want to put out a campaign of some sort that that offends one of them or the other. So, yeah. th to me, those are the those are the big things that I would look for. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's great advice. Great. I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, thanks for another interesting interview, Bela. This was, I think, really fascinating for me. And I started by saying I'm always interested in learning more about branding and and messaging. And here we are, you know, less than an hour later, and I've learned a lot about branding and messaging. So thanks. Listeners, I hope you got something out of today's episode as well. Uh, if you have questions about what we've discussed, as always, please feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is bela.and.mike at gmail.com. Hey, and please do follow us on your favorite podcasting application if you haven't already done so. And if you like the content in the show, tell one of your friends about it. We'd love to get uh, some more listeners. So uh, signing off from upstate New York. Uh, see you all soon. Sounds great, Bela, from over here in Münster, Germany. See you next time.